Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. So today is going to be a little old-fashioned as I, as I close this series. I'm going to give you a quick review. I promise it's going to be quick. It's not like I do every week. I'm just going to read 1 Chronicles 4.9. This is the last time we're going to read it together. You're probably tired. We, we're always opening with this scripture for the last seven weeks, but I don't stay in this scripture. I go into different directions. And the reason why is because there's a lot of visitors. So uh, these are the only two verses in the whole entire Bible on Jabez. Now, again, for those of you who are new, I'm not even talking about Jabez. I'm talking about the principle that, that of his prayers that, that, uh, that explode into prophetic uh, realities, other areas, okay? So in verse 9, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and, he called, and, his, and his mother called his name Jabez because he bore him in pain. Week 1, we talked about what? Come on, just a quick review. A spirit of honor. He was more honorable. Everybody say honor. So we talked about what it is to me. Oh, man, if you miss that, get, get the, the, the teaching. It's the importance of walking in honor. Do you know that how we exit one season is how we enter the next one? Do you know that how we honor people will determine if we benefit from the gift of God in them or we don't? Determine on how we honor or dishonor people? Preach, Pastor George. I'm trying. Okay? That's the spirit of honor, right? Then uh, we spent two other weeks on identity. Why? Because they call him Payne. Imagine your name being Payne Sanchez, Payne Perez, Payne Sotolongo. Imagine your first name or your identity being Payne. So we, we navigated for two weeks, week two and three, on the importance of godly identity. And there was such breakthrough here, guys. There was deliverance from people. We got delivered for, from performance-driven identity. Come on, say Amen. Some of us, the, we think the more we work for the Lord, the happier he is for us. And that's not necessarily true at all. He loves you the way you are, but we need to get rid of that identity and the labels, right? Week four, we talked about what a biblical blessing means, right? It's not only monetary. It's so many other things. He said, oh, bless me indeed. You know, as I've been meditating on this series, I'm praying this prayer for me. Lord, bless me indeed. I'm realizing it's okay to ask God to bless you. Again, in our Western culture, we've hyped it up so bad that it's like a, a, a finger in your, in, your, in your mouth going, ugh. No, no, no. And there are, unfortunately, some churches that just, they just take it to the next level. But guess what? God wants you to be blessed. Why? So you can live good for him. So you can live powerfully for him. We talked about that. Week five, we talked about enlarging our territory, which is the importance of spiritual growth. How many know that we need to go from glory to glory and not stay in the same level? Come on, I'm talking to some of you. That we need to go to the next level and expand. Everybody say expand. Some of us are not expanding because we're stuck in the same wineskin. And some of us have to expand to grow, which means you need to sometimes cut things off of your life. Say amen. All right. And last week we talked about let your hand be with me, which that was the importance of the Holy Spirit of being upon us and being with us. Why? Because in the scripture, the hand of God meant the might mighty hand of God, his power. Well, today we're going to end it with a good old-fashioned thing. So it's, it's happy. So I promise you it's a happy sermon, but it's not preached a lot. That's why I say it's old-fashioned. And it's absolutely, listen to me, absolutely essential for your walk with God. And this message, although it's old school and it comes across harsh to some, it's not going to be harsh because I'm going to tell you biblically. And you cannot live the Christian life without it. Yet so many people have the wrong impression of this. And it's this. The last part is when he said this. He said, um, he's, he said, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Put that slide up. Put that point up. You know what that's talking about? Developing a healthy fear of the Lord inside of us. Now, I know I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. I know I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. But the, the fear of the Lord is a reality that has been greatly misunderstood in the church. The fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God in the sense that we can't approach him, but it's talking about a reverence that washes. What the fear of the Lord is essentially is, is taking what God loves to the degree that he loves it 
and taking what God hates to the degree that he hates it and applying it into our life. In other words, it's not a different degree. It's not like he kind of likes this. I kind of, it's okay with this. Walking in the fear of the Lord is to love what he loves at the degree that he loves it and hates what he hates at the degree that he hates it because you reverence him. And I'm going to tell you that a reverence is lost in the Lord. Now, there's a lot. Let me give a balance. There's, there's a little foundation here. There's a lot of churches that they use legalism as a form of, of, of the fear of the Lord. But, and they do outward things to be reverent. But the reverence starts at the heart. But I'm going to tell you that the, the cry of Jabez to say, keep me from evil, you know what? Listen to me, zoom in on me. You know why I know that it is all he was he was subliminally and prophetically asking for the fear of the Lord because it is impossible scripturally to avoid evil without the fear of the Lord being strong in your life. There are, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna prove it by, I'm gonna listen, listen, listen. Today I'm gonna answer a lot of your questions. Why do I keep doing this? Maybe we love God, but maybe our reverence and our fear of God because of the grace of God has been casual in our life. Listen to this casual Christianity. Casual with our convictions, casual with, our, uh, with what we opened our doors with, casual with our sinful desires leads to a lack of the fear of the Lord. What it speaks of is a lack of the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to show you today, do not get distracted, I'm going to show you today that the fear of the Lord is not a whip, someone whipping you. The fear of the Lord is absolutely beautiful and is linked to the love of God. And watch this, I'm going to prove it to you, it is impossible to steer away from evil without the fear of the Lord being strong in you. And I'm going to speak it to you. Here it goes. Jabez said, keep me away from evil that I may not cause pain. Watch this. So there's a, there was a great desire in Jabez's life to not cause pain. Please hear me now. In others and in God by his actions. Come on, somebody. I'm going to go on this side. Have you guys ever, in this section, have you guys ever felt bad because you hurt somebody? So when you recognize that you hurt someone, you recognize maybe that your foolishness or your anger, whatever, you hurt someone, how did that make you feel? When you knew that they were hurt, okay. Now how about when you know that your actions hurt God? Jabez says, I don't want my actions and my, the way that I'm bent, I don't want it to hurt people and I don't want it to hurt you. Steer me away from evil. Now how do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Look at Proverbs. Look at this. I'm going to show it to you. Now, this is going to be good teaching here. You better, you better uh, you know, say amen, right? Proverbs 16, verse 6. Watch this. I'm going to go to Proverbs 16. Look, by the way, I'm going to give a lot of scriptures today, if you don't mind. I usually don't give a lot, but today I'm just going to pop off some scriptures. If you're old-fashioned and you have your Bibles, get ready to flip those pages, right? If not, it's going to be on the screen, but I encourage you to follow along. When you come to church, listen, let's not be so technology, technological advanced that we don't uh, follow along with our Bibles. Let's follow along with our Bibles. Okay, listen. Proverbs 16, verse 6. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Come on, say this with me. And by the fear of the Lord, and by the fear of the Lord, one departs evil. What did Jabez pray? Lord, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. By the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Now look at Proverbs 6, sorry, Proverbs 3. Just flip a couple chapters before. And Proverbs chapter 3 will be on the, on the screen in the New Living Translation. Look what it says about the fear of the Lord when it equates to avoiding evil. Now what is evil? Temptation, things that don't please the Lord, the things that, ca that cause uh, demonic oppression, the things that cause addiction. Hello, addiction is not only drugs and alcohol. It could be to, to music that you're listening to that, that, that's negative. It could be to sexual desires. It could be to anger. Some of you are addicted to being angry because it gives you power. Come on, church. Watch this. Proverbs 3, verse 7. Listen, I promise this is a shouting message. If you, if you really get this, you will shout because you will have the main ingredient to avoid evil. How many want to avoid evil? How many want to avoid evil? It was, it was actually one of the main prayers of Jesus, Right? Uh, when he said the Lord's Prayer, he says, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. So God wants us to pray for that. But how do we have the ingredients? Do we just say, 
okay, I'm going to avoid evil. What has to be inside of us strongly for us to constantly say no to temptation and evil when it comes our way? Watch Proverbs 3, verse 7 and 8. A lot of scriptures today, so I hope you are going to get it. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Come on, shout at me, somebody. Watch this. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. But wait, 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 wait. Then... In the scripture, right after you establish a healthy fear of the Lord and turn away from evil. In other words, the fear of the Lord is the power that helps you turn away from evil. Watch this now. Watch this. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Woo! Wait. There's a progression here. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Then, after you have that reverence back in your heart that makes you say no to that and God sees it, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. If I could be honest, a lot of uh, us American Christians have lost the reverence of the Lord. All in the name of a great revelation of grace. And by the way, I love God's grace. It is amazing. But because we keep sleeping up and because God's mercy is always there, because we're like, you know, well, it's not that big of a deal, we have become callous, watch this, and casual in the presence of the Lord for the things of the Lord. And it has resulted in a very low level of the fear of God in our lives. That's why we're not avoiding evil. Because we love God. I'm going to show you a video, guys. It's going to shock you in just a moment. Of, uh, of an interview that I saw years ago that I just happened to see it again to supplement my message. That there are, is a possibility, hear me now, please hear me with a pure heart. That you could be in this room and absolutely be in love with God. But don't know the fear of the Lord. Because you were taught that the fear of the Lord is bad as God is whipping you. And now all these new revelations out here that, that God is, 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 is love and he doesn't have any... Uh, uh, he doesn't need to be feared. It's wrong. For the unbeliever, for the unbeliever, there needs to be a different type of fear that if they don't turn, there's going to be judgment on them. But for the believer, it's an awe, respect, reverence for who he is. Watch this. I'm going to say it. And it's taking his word at his word as he values it. That Listen, with that high of, an, of a priority. In other words, it's prioritizing his word. The fear of the Lord is to say, well, I'm just going to do it again because he's going to forgive me. The fear of the Lord restricts you because you know that he is holy. So watch this, guys. These scriptures dedicate this. Like, you know, I was talking about the, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the Lord's Prayer. Let's say it together, right? Our Father who are in heaven. Stop. Our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Do you know what hallowed means? Does anybody? Hallowed in the Greek means, and I looked it up, to regard someone with deep reverential respect. To respect them with reverential fear. We will never consistently pass our purity test in life without the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm going to share this, this with you. Uh, I'm going to show you about five things that we cannot do. There's more. But as I was reading the scriptures, I found out, oh my God, there's certain things that we cannot do that we normally say we do in our Christian walk without the fear of the Lord. Watch this. The fear of the Lord, now, this is a revelation. The fear of the Lord is linked. I was driving and I heard this statement. The fear of the Lord is linked to the fruit of the spirit of self-control being strong in you. Now, I, I heard that clear. If you don't have self-control, it is going to tell you a lot of the fear of the Lord in you. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is a restraining effect. The love of the Father says, come as you are. And we run with no questions. Just as you are, all messed up, dirt, dirty, broke, uh, in poverty, come as you are. The love of the Father says, I'll cleanse you. The fear of the Lord says, stay away from that thing. The love of the Father says, come. The fear of the Lord says, you better run, and I'm going to give you the strength to run from that or to resist that. Why? Because he's holy. I heard someone say the other day, they were, they were being interviewed. They said, Lord, why isn't there more of an anointing on my life, a stronger anointing on my life? And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He says, because you tolerate sin. He says, you don't fear me in that regard. Therefore, you, the anointing on your life has been capped. Now watch this, guys. 
things you cannot do without the fear of the Lord. Number one, let's put this on the screen. We cannot truly know God intimately, watch this, without the fear of the Lord being strong in us. Now you say, wait, intimacy with the Lord and the fear of the Lord are one? Yes. Why? Why? Because, again, the fear of the Lord is not being afraid of God because if that's the case, we wouldn't, he, we wouldn't approach the Lord. So what is the fear of the Lord? Watch this. In Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So let's talk back to each other. What knowledge? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Is it knowledge of mathematics? Is it knowledge of science? Is according to the next chapter, that knowledge is the knowledge of the Lord. The knowledge of the Lord equals intimacy with the Lord. To know God. I want to know God and his, the fellowship of his sufferings. To know that word know is an intimate word. That word knowledge is a relationship. So watch this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So that means the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge of the Lord to be intimate with God. Watch this. Proverbs chapter 2. You're not, some of you are looking at me funny. Watch. I'm going to prove it to you. Proverbs 2 verse 1. Maybe you're getting convicted. I don't know. Look at, are you there? Say amen. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, one of my favorite verses in the scriptures. Again, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today to back up what I'm saying, and I'm asking you to follow along with me. Watch this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your hearts to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. If you, if you search for the Lord and its understanding, you will understand the fear of the Lord. And when you understand the fear of the Lord, you will find the knowledge of God. There's a difference, watch this, this is deep, between the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord. Can I break that down? There's a difference between the spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord. This is not taught in churches a lot. A lot of churches don't talk about the fear of the Lord anymore because they fear that it's that the preacher is going to uh, judge them. I'm, this is not a harsh message. It's an essential message to stop yielding to our, our, our desires because of a godly reverence deeply rooted inside of us. That even when he speaks something to you, you don't want to miss it. That's the fear. I was talking to my friend Stephen. There's some things that are happening. It's, it's private. There's some opportunities that happen. He, and he's like, George, I... He, he's, he, he had the fear of the Lord. He goes, I don't want to miss this. It's the uh, possible uh, opportunities in our lives. But if we're casual, everybody say casual. Casual is the number one enemy. Casual Christianity is the number one enemy to silence the fear of the Lord in you and to quench it. Why? Remember Uzzah? We talked about this about a year or two ago. Uh, Uzzah was actually trying to stop the ark from falling. He was doing a good deed. Guys, the ark was falling. It was not supposed to be held that way. That was a wrong way. It was supposed to be on the back of Levites, not on the back of animals. So it was stumbling. And Uzzah, all he did was like, it's about to fall. He touched, watch this, the ark, and he got struck dead immediately. And I read that. I'm like, gosh, that's pretty harsh. Boy, I did a study. Uzzah, you know what the, the Bible says that his, his parents, his father was Abinadab. And the ark was of the covenant, the glory of God, was in his house for 20 years. So wake, imagine waking up and the ark is there. <laughs> glory. And at first you're like, it's the presence of God. The holy glory of God is here. And after like three years, you're like, what's up? Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Oh, it's just the ark. You mean the ark of the covenant? The ark of the covenant. The glory of God. Yes, and I've been in this. It's just down there in the chamber. Yeah, you know, it's just, there's this glow about it, you know. It's been here for about 15 years. That's how we become with the fear of the Lord, we become casual. And, and casual Christianity reflects the, fear, the level of the fear of the Lord inside of us. So watch this. Watch this. It's not being afraid of God. So the spirit of fear, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. That is sometimes demonic. Sometimes that's anxiety. That's actually being afraid of something. But the fear of the Lord draws us closer to him because we absolutely value his word like he values it. It's a deep reverence for the things of God. Watch this. Watch this. If I had to say it my way is this. A deep sense of sobriety and urgency. We lack 
sobriety and urgency. The fear of the Lord will make some of you change conversations in the middle of conversations. You know what, guys? I, I don't think we should be talking about this person like that. Well, look at you, Miss Spiritual. It don't matter if they call you Miss Spiritual. You have the fear of the Lord that you are at that moment displeasing God with what you're saying. Being afraid of God keeps people at a distance from God, but the fear of the Lord brings someone close. Because you have to mix the love of God and the fear of God. Now, I love this. The fear of God. Now, listen to me. I heard this quote years ago, and it stuck with me. What the fear, the fear of being afraid makes people hide and run away. What happened in the garden when Adam sinned? He hid and he went away. That's being afraid, Right? But he had perfect union with him. So be, the fear of God is not being afraid. When you're afraid of something, you have something to hide. Let that sink in. When you're afraid, you have something to hide. Now watch this. But the fear of the Lord is actually to be terrified to be away from God. Put that up there. Put that slide up there. Come on, that was, that was, that was one of my points that I want you to see. One of the main realities of fear of the Lord is to be terrified to be away from God. Do you, wanna, you want to know what the, the fear of the Lord feels like, it, what it feels like inside of you? That you never want to be away from God by your actions. Watch this. Deliver me from evil that I may not cause pain. How many know that our actions sometimes got, caught, grieves the Holy Spirit? Right? See, we're just casual about everything. Eh, he forgives. Do you know that the fact that the Holy Spirit can be grieved is a mystery and a wonder in itself? The fact that the Holy Spirit, the one that created, uh, the, was, was with God who created the universe, and the one that, that rose Jesus from the dead can actually have the capacity to be grieved. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, quench not the Holy Spirit. So what's the difference between grieving and quenching? It's still both bad. Quenching the Holy Spirit is when we deny his giftings. Do not, he says, quench not the Holy Spirit and despise not prophecies. When we quench the Holy Spirit, we're saying, I don't want you to flow in this area. I don't want you to manifest like this. We do church this way. So quenching is not allowing the Spirit to flow. Grieving is, is more hurt by our lifestyle. If you've ever grieved for someone, is because, watch this, I'm going to get deep, is because you love them. You, you and I can never truly grieve someone we don't love. So the fact that you could grieve the Holy Spirit is because he's deeply in love with you. Woo. So that's where the fear of the Lord starts coming in a reality. That it's not just this lovey-dovey, fluffy, gracey God. He's a consuming fire. And he's going to hold all of us accountable. This is old-fashioned preaching. Because I'm not, I'm not promising you a boat. I'm not promising you a house. I'm not promising you. All those things may come. But we must establish the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord makes us to depart from evil. That deep sense of the fear of the Lord, that he's ever-present, and he wants you to take seriously what he takes seriously. If I yield to something, listen, the more I yield to it, the less I have the fear of the Lord in me. Because no longer I'm just more concentrating more on his mercy to get me out of that than the fear of the Lord to say, there's going to be consequences for my actions if I, don't, if I don't change. Some of us are just going around doing whatever we want, and we never have the fear of the Lord to change. That there could be suddenly some stuff that could change in us by our actions. God is not up there with a whip, but sometimes we're rebuking the devil, and it's our actions that we're reaping. Come on, somebody. I rebuke the devil. Well, you haven't read in about a year. You haven't read the Bible in a year. I rebuke the, the devil that's trying to tell me I'm in this hot wilderness stage. When's the last time you read your Bible? When's the last time you spent time with God? Well, about three weeks. Well, this is a clue. I'm dry. Yes, I know. But it's not the devil most of the time. We lack the fear of the Lord. Watch this. Now watch this. This is going to be good. Turn to someone and say this is going to be good. Number two, we can't be fully obedient to God without the fear of the Lord being strong in us. Now watch this. Number one is we cannot love God without the fear of the Lord. Number two, we cannot be fully obedient. Now watch this. I want to prove something. This blew my mind. You, cannot, you and I cannot be fully obedient 
to the Lord without having a godly reverential fear watches rooted strongly in us. I'm going to give you a clue. Some of you are saying, that's good, PG, but how do I get it? I want to get it inside of me. How do I get it? I'm going to give you a little glimpse. This is not my nose. This is for free, okay? When you get a glimpse of God's holiness, the fear of the Lord is planted as a seed in your heart. Think about this. Think about this. When you get a glimpse of God's holiness, you just can't say, well, okay, Pastor George, give me the fear of the Lord, Lord, now I need more of the fear of the Lord. Yeah, part of it is repenting for, for a lack of the fear of the Lord, but is viewing his holiness. When you view his power, when you view his holiness, when you view his ability, when you, when you view what he really loves and what you don't really love, it should equate to the fear of the Lord being inside of you. The way that you talk to people, the way you talk about people, the way that you're casual with your uh, temptations, that's a lack of the fear of the Lord. My friends, we need the fear of the Lord again. We cannot be, watch this, everybody say, we cannot be fully obedient to the Lord without the fear of the Lord being strong in me. You know what the fear of the Lord means? PG version, immediate obedience. Watch this. You want to know how someone has a fear of the Lord stronger than when there's no negotiating when God tells them to do something. Please listen to what I'm about to say. I want to show you in scripture. When there is zero negotiating. Now, yes, we're all human, but the fear of the Lord says, okay, this is going to be inconvenient for me to do. You want me to do what? You want me to do what? Are you sure? Okay, this is the Lord. You want me to start the church? No negotiation. Quick obedience equals the ingredients of the fear of the Lord maturing in you. Now watch this. Now you guys remember Abraham? We all know the story, right? All know the story. Abraham, he's waited for years for his son uh, Isaac. Some of you remember that. Look at Genesis tw 22 really quick. Are you getting something this morning? Now watch this. I'm, I'm going to be real quick. This is a long scripture. Genesis 22, turn with me, if you will, verse 1 and 3 in the NLT, and then we're going to skip through 9 through 12. But I want you to see that Abraham needed this ingredient to do something, listen to me, that required not fasting food. It didn't require abstaining from sweets, you know. God asked Abraham to give up his only son. And Abraham did not withhold his only son. And I want you to see the result of why he was able to do what he did. You first see the command, then you see the immediate uh, obedience, then you see the reason for the obedience, right? Some of you are in a place right now, right now, that you need quick obedience. Watch this. Watch Genesis 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Say he tested Abraham. Some of you are under a test right now and you don't even know it. I'm telling you, some of you, he's testing you, you don't even know it. Watch this. Watch this. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Just, just read with me. Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. See, God will test the fear of the Lord by what we love a lot. He said, can you give that up? Can you give that up? Someone that only loves God and doesn't fear the Lord will never give important stuff up that God asked from you. Watch this. Who you love, go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice, watch this, this sounds crazy. Go and sacrifice your son as a burnt offering, read up there, and on the mountains which I will show you. That's, now watch this. The next morning, everybody say next morning. I'm sorry, but if that was me, I'll be some, I'll have some negotiation talks with God. What are you talking about, God? I have been asking you this for 99 years. I must have ate too much ice cream. That must have been, not been the voice of the Lord. I would negotiate. He, watch this, the Bible says the next morning, he must have been in anguish. Watch this. He got his son, he goes, we're going to go up to the mountains. Son still didn't know what was going to happen. Next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, took the two of the servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. Look at jump to verse uh, 9 through 12. When they have arrived at the place where God had told him to go. Watch this, guys. I know we read it, but listen to this from the context of the fear of the Lord. Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood to be on it. Oh, my gosh. I can't, every time I read this. He tied his son Isaac and laid him at the altar. Do you guys see quick obedience to this? Very, very deep request from the Lord. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son. In other words, I'm going to do what God told me to do, no matter how painful it is to me. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do because I know at the end 
is going to get me stronger, but it may be painful for the moment. Some of you that need to cut relationships off of your life, this is going to be painful for the moment. But guess what? You know what a mark, I'm not trying to be graphic, but you know what a mark of the Old Testament sign of a, a man of God or a Hebrew, when, when God says this is a Hebrew child, how, how, are they, how were they identified to be people of God? Circumcision. That means the cutting away of the flesh. Watch this. And at first, I'm not trying to be graphic, that hurts. Say me amen. But afterwards, the flesh is cut away. And God says, to the people that have their flesh under control, I call them my people. So watch this. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son. Now I want you to read this closely. Guys, please. This is going to set some of you free. Here he is. Here's the scene. He's probably crying inside, saying, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know he's going to resurrect him. He's a child of promise. As he's about to do it, watch what happens. Watch this. Watch this. At that moment, glory to God, the angel of the Lord called to him in heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes. Abraham replied, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy. I want you to say this with me. And the angel said, do not hurt him in any way. Say this with me. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Did you notice he didn't say, for now I know that you love God? Did you notice that he says, now I know that you love him? He said, stop, wait, now I know that you fear him. Because, watch this, fearing God means quick obedience. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. Some of you, the reason why you're in the place that you're in, because you're negotiating something that should not be negotiated with. Ooh, preach that, Pastor George. You're negotiating a certain type of thing that may not be good for your life. Or you might be negotiating not doing the, and stepping out in the call of God in your life because you got hurt in the past. But there's no negotiation with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord says, I know you're going to take care of me. And, Lord, I'm going to be hurt. Like my wife said years, uh, a couple weeks ago, courage is when you're afraid, but you do it afraid. Watch this. The fear of the Lord. The person that only has the fear of the Lord. Put that slide up. The person that only has the love of God in them but doesn't have the fear of God in them will be incomplete. Now watch this. In their quest to walk in obedience to God. Got quiet up in this Baptist church here. I want to show you a video about this. So years ago, I want you to cue that video ready. I want you, everyone to see this video because it's, it's about two and a half minutes. How many know John Bevere? John, who John Bevere's. He's uh, someone that God has used in my life. When I was in Benny Hinn's ministry, uh, God, God used him to <laughs> jack me up, throw me upside down, and put me back together again. Um, I, I used to be easily offended. God healed me from, from that offense, from those offense. But one of the things that I learned from John Bevere the most is the biblical reality of the fear of the Lord, not the man-made uh, version of the fear of the Lord that says, oh my gosh, I can't come near God. No, I want you to see this video. Please listen to me. Because in this video, you will see John talking about uh, this man called Jim Baker. How many are old enough to know who Jim Baker is? Okay. Uh, some of you guys, some younger millennials have no clue. But he was, he was in the 80s, probably one of the top, I, I wasn't saved until 1990. He was on the top TV evangelist, and he was really extravagant. But Watch this. Now listen to this. Money was rolling in like crazy, but his actions caught up to him. Don't think that just because you have favor that God does here. See, someone that has favor and doesn't walk in the fear of the Lord, God could take it in a moment. In a moment. In a moment. Right? Had all this millions of dollars. He had an actual city. A city. Okay? PTL. You, you, yeah. And that's right. We were there for the conference years ago. That man got in jail. Because he got caught with a prostitute and he, caught, he was caught laundering money, stealing money. I want you to look at this video about the interview. It's a two-minute interview uh, of John Bevere describing that interview and what he said. If you're, you're not gonna, you have to hear what he says about the fear of the Lord. Go ahead and roll that video. I remember there was a very famous evangelist in jail. I mean, if I said his name, everybody would know him. Well, I'll say his name. He, he's in my book and describes it in, in one of the, his, powerful his name was Jim Baker. Mm -hmm. 
And Jim Baker was in prison and he read one of the books that I'd written and it so impacted his life, he called his secretary and he said, would you contact John Bevere and ask him if he'd come visit me? So 1994, I went into that prison and I visited him. And this was all in the same time period when God was teaching me. And so when I walked into the prison, he grabs me and holds me, hugs me, and hugs me. He won't let me go. So he grabs me by the shoulders and he said, did you write this book or a ghostwriter? I said, no, I wrote it. I said, I mean, I've gone, it, it, it was my first book I wrote called Victory in the Wilderness. I said, I've gone through a wilderness, but not near like you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And he said, we have so much to talk about. So he sits down and he begins to talk to me. Yeah. And the first thing he said to me, Michael, is he said, this prison was not God's judgment on my life. It was his mercy. He said, John, if I would have kept living the way I was living, I would have ended up in hell forever. He said, God had mercy on me. I'm like, oh my goodness. So now I realize I am yeah. with a, a broken man of God that I need to listen to. Yeah. So when I got to a place after about an hour of listening to him, I said, can I ask you some questions? He said, sure. First question I asked was, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? Because yeah. Jim was pastoring in Muskegon, Michigan. I was raised in Whitehall, Michigan, 15 minutes away. And I know what kind of fireball he was. And I said, when did you fall out, out of love with Jesus? And he said, I didn't. I said, Jim, you committed adultery with Jessica Hahn. J Jim, you did mail fraud. You're yeah. in jail. Yeah. What do you mean you didn't fall out of love with Jesus? And he sees I'm totally confused, right? He looks at me and he said, I didn't fear God. And he said, there's millions of Americans just like me. They love Jesus, but they don't fear God. And so you can see what happened was he loved Jesus, but he went over to that ditch. And this is what's happened with so many other Americans. Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord is a New Testament. You know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah. So Paul says, cleanse yourself, right? Yeah. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting mm -hmm. holiness in the fear of God. We, we, we see the fear of the Lord all over the New Testament in the book of Acts that the church walked in the fear yeah. of the Lord. So we have to understand what it is. And we're just opening it up right now. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? He asked, he asked Jim Baker, when did you fall out of love for God? Because that's what we ask. You know, when did you backslide? What happened to you? And the, he got shocked. He's like, I never fell out of love out of God. What do you mean? He says, I didn't fear God. Now, this is coming from a man who is in prison. He knew the difference. And I'm asking you to know the difference. If you only know the love of God, you will never be complete in your walk with holiness, which, makes, which, which, which leads me to the third point. The third thing that we cannot do without the fear of the Lord is mature in our holiness inside of us. Now watch this. I, I have to get theological for a second so you understand. There's justification, which is God's spirit cleansing us when we get saved. That righteousness is his righteousness. We are his righteousness. Watch this now. Look at me though. But our personal holiness has the capacity to be conceived and grow in us. Our strength for holiness is founded beginning in the fear of the Lord. So watch this. How, what do you mean mature holiness? So remember several weeks ago in this series we talked about that sin has a capacity to grow inside of us? Well, if sin has a capacity to grow in us, guess what? Holiness has a capacity to grow now, listen, listen. I want you to think of it as a child. You have, let's say, just by, just, let's just, just as analogy sake, you have a seven-year-old strength holiness inside of you. As you grow in the fear of the Lord, please hear me now, your personal holiness strength will grow from a seven-year-old strength to a 21-year-old strength. You have to understand this. We have strengths of levels of holiness inside of us. How does holy, I'm going to prove it to you. Holiness could actually be mature inside of us. Everybody say mature. So imagine if there was a screen right now, just for analogy's sake, and we could all see the level of holiness inside of us. What kind of strength of holiness, desire, sorry, desire for holiness inside of us. Some of it is strong. So, but we all love God here, but we are at different levels in our strength of holiness. Now watch this. I'm going to prove it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. We'll all read it together. This is some good stuff today. Watch this. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Say this with me. Ready? One, two, three. Read it. Having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Say this loud. Perfecting holiness 
in the fear of the Lord. That means we can perfect, keep perfecting, keep perfecting, keep maturing holiness in the fear of the Lord. That word perfect in the Greek means mature. It doesn't mean to be without flaw. It means to grow into maturity. So it could read like this. We grow and mature holiness inside of us through the fear of the Lord. So instead of saying, God, I just, I just want to be holy like you, Lord, give me a glimpse of your holiness. And I ask, I repent for being casual. I want the fear of the Lord inside of me. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Guys, guys, pay attention. If you're on your phones, I'm asking you, pay attention. This is important. I see some of you guys, you're, you're just scrolling. I'm not trying to call you out. This is important. As your pastor, I don't, listen, some people say, well, he got that download. No, no, no. I spent two, three days digging for you. So listen, listen. This is important for you to grasp. Don't come here and doodle the whole service. You're going to miss what God has for you. We can grow holiness in the fear of the Lord. The key, look at this point, that unlocks the growth and maturity of holiness inside of us is the fear of the Lord. To me, that is insane. That, act, the whole, that the desire for holiness could actually grow in us. I wonder what level or age or strength is our holiness right now, right? According to what the Lord is asking us, we perfect the mature holiness in the fear of the Lord. Come on, say amen. The reality of the fear of the Lord is what kept Joseph from committing that sexual desire whenever, listen, when God supposedly abandoned him. How many have felt abandoned by God and then during that stage of abandonment feeling, you feel like it's time to have a little dessert? Right, like, well, you know what, God just kind of left me from my brothers, left him for the pit, and all of a sudden Potter's wife's like saying, hey, cutie, come over here. Right, and he could have had, we're all mature, he could have sexual relations any time he wanted, and no one was there to know him. He could have got away with it and said, God wasn't there for me, so you know what, I'm going to have a little break. He says, how dare I do such a wicked thing before the Lord. You know what that means? He's like, even when he didn't feel God, he feared the Lord. And watch this, fearing the Lord kept him away from doing something foolish. Which, which leads me to my next thing that you can't have. Oh, this is so good, number four. The, the fourth thing that you and I cannot have without the fear of the Lord, and this is key, wisdom. <laughs> we cannot have, how many people know that without wisdom, we will make some really foolish decisions? Some of you are in relationships or in a bind or in a financial decision, not because the devil did it. It's because you don't know how to steward your money. Because sometimes, I'm saying this with a smile, because sometimes we lack wisdom because we're desperate. And when we're desperate, we do things that are unwise. But watch this. I'm going to share this with you. How is the fear of the Lord? So we can't even have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. You know why? Look what the Bible says. This is clear. This is so amazing. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Watch this. Everybody read with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the, it's the beginning. It's, not, it's like you can't even begin to have wisdom without a reverential, holy, pure fear of the Lord that's mixed with the love of God and not condemnation. The fear of the Lord that says, I listen, in, in, a, in, a, in a way, that the best way I could describe it, that God is love, but he's also very aware of what we're doing at all times. The awareness is the part I'm trying to get to you. We don't get that awareness. Imagine the things that you're about to do, the decisions you're about to make. If holiness and the fear of the Lord and the reverence is weak in you, you're not going to be aware that he is, that you're going to reap what you're sowing, that he's ever present in that decision. And I'm not saying he's looking at you with a whip in his hand, but the Bible says you can't even begin to have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. We can't even begin to have godly wisdom. I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of mistakes in my life because of the lack of wisdom. So maybe we need to stop praying for more wisdom. And maybe we need to start saying, Lord, how can I walk in the fear of the Lord? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Watch this. So when I ask for the fear of the Lord, wisdom comes with a package. Come on, somebody. Wisdom comes with a package. Is the reverence and the fear of the Lord, and now you have sound wisdom because you're anchored, watch this, by the fear of the Lord, not by your desires to make a decision happen. 
in my conversations with my friends, my, my, my pastor friends, there are sometimes great opportunities. Not every opportunity is bad. There's great opportunities for you to go somewhere else. Or there's great opportunities that God opens the door. If you're not anchored in the fear of the Lord that God may still want you there, you may be making unwise decisions and going to a place just because it's more lucrative, but God still wants you there. Or vice versa. The fear of the Lord says, whatever you want from me. I know that's hard in this day, right? And I was talking to my friend, listen to this. I was talking to Steve and my friend. We're best friends, we were talking, and, and we said that he said the statement. He said, we got to realize that when we signed up for being a Christian, our life was lost. The Bible says our life is not our own, but do we really truly believe that? Do we truly believe that my life is not my own? Do we because if we did and we had the fear of the Lord in that, if God were to speak to you to give something, you would do it quickly. If God were to tell you to adjust some things in your life so you could get closer to him and it would cause some inconvenience to you, he would do it. If God tells you drive 30 minutes to that church that I planted you in, he would do it. You would do it quickly. But we have become a Christianity of convenience. Watch this. If it's not convenient for us, it's not the Lord. The Lord will never tell me to drive 30 minutes to a church. Are you kidding me? We're, what have we become as a church? If it's inconvenient, it's not the Lord. Says who? But the fear of the Lord says it doesn't matter what inconvenience is. I'll do it whatever you say. I'll do it when you say it, how you say it, and, and where you say it. Now watch, number five. We're going we're gonna to close, I promise. The, without the fear of the Lord, you cannot have a long, fruitful life. It will be, it, we, we will not have a fruitful life of longevity. I used to think that only honor, uh, honor is, is giving the, the, a long life. Because the Bible says, honor your father, father and mother and you will live long on the earth. But I realized that honor and fear of the Lord are like brothers and sisters. You cannot have honor without the fear of the Lord. You can't have fear of the Lord without honor. Now you say, long life? Where is that in the Bible? Well, I got it from the Bible. That's why I put that on there. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. Look at this. Let's read it together. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord, come on somebody, prolongs days. I, I'm not reading from just my own, I'm reading from scripture. The, the fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked are shortened. You will have a vibrant, long life. When you maintain a healthy fear of the Lord in your anchored in your heart. People who are struggling with uh, giving in to temptation need to realize that we need, again, a fresh dose of the fear of the Lord inside of us. Come on. The fear of the Lord. Now, here's some additional scriptures. I'm going to be real quick of the, uh, of the benefits of the fear of the Lord. Just really quick because I never did a whole message on it, right? Um, Harvest, you'll love this. The angelic realm of heaven is released. Listen, the angelic realm of heaven. Some of you are getting bored with this teaching, but I'm going to preach it anyways. The angelic, the angelic realm of heaven is released at a greater capacity when we fear the Lord over your life. You say, come on. And, and, and the fact and the promise that we will not, this is crazy, guys. I don't think I'm there yet. That we absolutely do not want anything when we get to that level of a healthy fear of the Lord. The healthy fear of the Lord will, will produce no lack, no want, and release the angelic uh, realm over your life. Where is that in Scripture? In Psalm 34, 7 verse 9. Come on, somebody. I'm getting excited here. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. It's that word again, the angel of the Lord. You have a right. Come on, man. You have a right to say, Lord, release your angelic uh, beings, your angels in this room because I fear God and I'm trying to be obedient. Always remember, the fear of the Lord is linked to obedience with God. Don't, if you don't remember anything today, remember this. The fear of the Lord is quick obedience because you love what he loves and you have, you've placed his value as your value. In other words, his priority for something should be your priority for something instead of, eh, Eh. You're, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, more street, okay? If you're casual with cursing, well, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I curse every now and then. I'm sorry. If you're casual with cursing, you lack the fear of the Lord in that area. I know it got quiet, but it's okay. I'm going to stomp on those feet. I'm going to stomp on them. 
Well, he's just, he's just being religious. I'm tired of people calling religious what God calls holy. Well, you're just being religious. No, I don't see the disciples saying, hey, you F-bomb and beep, beep, hey, man, it's okay. We're under grace. Uh, bleep, beep, beep. Yeah, we laugh because guess what? The, the apostles won't do that. Why? They walked in the reverence of the Lord. You say, well, that's Old Testament. No, it's New Testament. Ananias and Sapphira died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, in great fear. In other words, God says, don't take me for granted. Listen, 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 listen. You want a PG definition of the fear of the Lord? Don't take me for granted what you're about to do. Just because I'm gracious, I'm also God. And you're going to reap with these things. Listen, listen. Remember David? David was God's choice man. Choice. He's a man after my heart. When he committed adultery, right, and he, and he committed adultery and murdered the, guy, the, the husband that was already a man of God so he could sleep with his wife, okay, listen, he, 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 Nathan came to him, the prophet, and what, what happened is when he came and he rose up, listen, he fasted. He fasted. He fasted. And guess what? Nothing happened. His son was, was, his son was born a stillborn. Now watch this. You have to connect the dots. It was because of the consequence of that sin. Now, did God forgive him? Absolutely. But we confuse forgiveness with a lack of co uh, consequence. We confuse us being forgiven for a deed for the fact that we're not, we, may not, we may pay for it a little later. Listen, I may ask God for forgiveness for eating five hamburgers, but I may pay for it in my cholesterol a little bit later. And I can't plead the blood over Jesus over that. We get so spiritual. I'll plead the blood of Jesus. I'm going to have ten hamburgers. No, you're going to have a heart attack. So don't confuse God forgiving you with you not reaping something. Because, listen, the fear of the Lord is, is not taking God for granted. Okay? Now watch. The angel of the Lord, say it with me, encamps those who fear him. Psalm 34. I'm almost done. Verse 7. You guys are getting something? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And he delivers them. Who, who, who does he deliver? Those who have a reverential fear of the Lord. Do you know, uh, some call me old school, but I do not allow anything in this sanctuary, whether it's a party or stuff that has worldly music on here. I just don't. Why? It's not because... It's not because God dwells in this building. No, God dwells in us. But we have dedicated and consecrated this sanctuary for the Lord's use. So if we ever do it for a family, amen. If we ever have a, a wedding, ever have to do it, as far as my knowledge goes, I will not endorse any booty music any, in the name of, of dancing here. No. No. Why? But, but why, you say, oh, he's just, it's because I have a reverential fear. That I'm allowing this stuff to happen. And I have an awareness that God, watch this. This is a curse word, what I'm about to say. Is not pleased. We're preaching a gospel that God is pleased all the time. Then why the apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, says, we aim to be pleasing to God, for God is a consuming fire. We aim to be pleasing to God. Many of us in this room, we love God, but we failed the test in our fear of the Lord. We need to repent for our casual Christianity. I know that's not a preaching that you want to hear today. But I'm, I care for you enough to say, I need you to stop those patterns by, by not just loving on God, by having an awareness that he sees. And that he will deal with us, if, if, and he'll give us time, he'll give us time. What did he say to the church uh, in Re Revelations? I gave her time to repent. He's gracious. He told that he's, he was about to give judgment on this local church in the book of Revelation. He said, I gave her time to repent, but she kept on with her sexual ways. So I'm going to throw her kids in the sick bed. Guys, God is, uh, boy, I'm going to get emails for this. God is just not this, God is not this person who's just happy all the time. He is loving. He is happy, yes. But does it mean that he, has a, he, he cut off another part of his emotion, which is a displeasure by our actions? If anyone has kids and they do something that is not right, you still love your kid, but you're not pleased with some of their actions. And what do you do? You prune them. You discipline them because you love them so that you can correct that erratic behavior. You know what David said? Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. 
Come on, preach somebody. Preach, Pastor George. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. What does that mean? Before, when, when I just had the love of God and the grace of God, and he's going to forgive me all the time, I did my own thing because I knew God was going to be there. But when, when I was afflicted, then I kept your word. It took, rest, it took, it took the breaking of a, of a hip for a man of God to be dependent on God. He goes, I'm going to break your hip so now you're really dependent on me. One of the manifestations is up there. One of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus was to walk out and demonstrate the fear of the Lord to his father. Now, I want, to say, I want the worship team to come up here. Please listen to the last two scriptures. Are you guys getting something? I pray that you're not, how, how do I say this? I pray this, that you're taking this seriously because I am. I am reexamining my life and what I have tolerated. And, and the Lord says, because you've tolerated those things, it only reveals where you have slipped in your lack of the fear of the Lord. It doesn't mean that he condemns me. It just shows me, wow, I have been casual in a lot of areas. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to, all of us to turn to, to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. All of us right now. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5. I, I promise you just give me five more minutes, the PG five more minutes. I'll be honest, it's a little difficult to preach this message because I, res I feel resistance. Uh, in the, I do. I feel resistance from, from, the sp from, you know, from some of you. I, I feel resistance from the, in the spirit because this is not a condemning message, I promise you. Please hear my heart. I am not condemning you. I'm wanting you to understand this very important principle in the Bible that is hardly preached anymore. And it's the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. All these ingredients to depart from evil is the reverence of the Lord. To watch this, experience the fact that he is all-knowing, all-powerful. That if in the New Testament, because I know people say, well, that's Old Testament. Ananias and Sapphira actually died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says great fear of the Lord spread. What did that produce? Watch this. In this, in this erratic community. Obedience. You had a bunch of communities like this that were just kind of new to the things of God. Because, you know, Jesus had just resurrected. They're very, very innocent to the things of God. Well, well I'm still going to do my little thing. And God had to show up and say, I still am God. Hebrews 5. I, I wept when I read this. While Jesus, everybody say Jesus, was here on earth, Jesus offered prayers, Jesus, and pleadings with, watch this, loud cries and tears. This is Jesus. Jesus could have been like, I'm God, I don't need to pray. He goes, Father, and he's crying, Jesus, with loud tears to the one who could rescue him from death. Watch this, guys. And God the Father heard his prayer because of his deep reverence for God. Jesus, being God, had deep reverence for the Father. Think about that. I'm equal with the Father, but I have deep reverence to obey him. Watch this. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned, uh-oh, uh-oh, American church, here it goes. He learned. Everybody say learned. You know what learn means, right? That means even Jesus had to learn. He learned obedience through the things he suffered. Boy, have I learned obedience in my suffering. I have learned how weak I am. I have learned how weak I am and how angry, easily angry I gotten. And the lack of the fear of the Lord when I've been angry at God. It was God's, it's God's mercy that he allows you to throw a tantrum because he wants you to reveal your heart. I told my friend, I said, I'm living Deuteronomy chapter 8 in the last four years. He's like, you know, because sometimes you quote scripture and you know it, but you, I, you quote it. I said, I am living Deuteronomy 8 right now. Where the Bible says, hey, tell God. You've heard me say this before. Tell the people, it is I who led you these 40 years into the wilderness. <gasps> no. No, no, I thought it was the devil. No, 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 tell him. 
It was I who led you these 40 years, to, watch this, to test you. And so that you would know what's in your heart. Because I already know what's in your heart. So I want to break the news. Deuteronomy 8. I want to break the news to you. It's me that is allowing you to go through this stage to see if you would yield to that or not. God tested Abraham and said, can you withhold your precious son? And then he, the angel said, you didn't even withhold your own son. Now I know you fear God. Jim Baker was in jail, not because he didn't love God, because he didn't fear God. He kept on doing, nothing happened, nothing happened. Kept on ministering. Do you know that you can minister while you're in sin? I mean, I'm talking about unrepented sin, because all of us sin. All of us sin, you know, all of us sin. But I'm saying unrepented sin, like, ah, it's okay, you know what, I did that, you know, whatever. And God can still use you. And then suddenly, God gives us time. Jesus, help me. It was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah that the Messiah would operate in a sevenfold manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Do you guys remember that? Some, some people don't know that. But it was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. We're going to go there. We're, I'm giving you meat today, okay? Years before Jesus came on the scene, it was prophesied. There's going to be the Son of God, the branch, the root out of Jesse, and he's going to operate in this seven manifold fullness expression of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you what the last one is. Let's read it. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Keep going. Verse 2. Okay, I'll read it here. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's number one. The spirit of wisdom, say there was a spirit of wisdom. Upon who? Upon Jesus, which we can have this too, all right? The Holy Spirit now gives this to us. Watch this. The spirit of, of wisdom. Say the spirit of understanding. This, this was all that was on Jesus, okay? The spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Wait a minute, wait, keep going, because I used to stop there. The very next sentence, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. He had seven manifestations that he's walking in. And one, that last one is, is the spirit of the fear of the Lord on him so he could be obedient to the Father. If Jesus had to walk in this fear of the Lord, what, who do you think we are? If I could just be very honest and transparent, one of the greatest areas where we become casual is in our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. How are we treating other people? Watch. What are we yielding to in our relationships? Are we yielding to fleshly things all the time? Is your conversations in the restaurant always about your next big financial thing or, your ne or, or that jewelry or that house? Or is it about trying to live right? I encourage you to get a friend that every time you leave their presence, you want to get closer to God. Every time I'm with my friend Stephen, I'm like, I come back home, I'm like, I need to get closer to God. We all need friends like that because the, behind the scenes is the real deal. It's crying together. It's what are we going to do? It's, it's we want to seek God. We want to please God. That's our conversations. Lastly, I promise I'll, I'll leave with this. How many feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? So lastly, zoom in. If I had to sum up this whole message, because I have a lot of scripture. What does, in essence, the fear of the Lord look like? Because I, I, I told you the need for it. I told you what we can't live without it is the beginning of wisdom. But what does it look like? Now, I could choose a lot of scriptures, but I feel the Holy Spirit landed on this one. What does it look like in real 2022 to walk in the fear of the Lord? Do you want to know? Do you want to know what it looks like? Hello? Am I speaking to the church here? How many want to know what the fear of the Lord really looks like in practical application? Here it is. Isaiah 66, verse 1. I want all of us to read it. I want all of us to read it. Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2. Thus says the Lord. Hallelujah. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? 
Where is the place of my rest? Look at this. Look at this, church. For all those things my hands have made. In other words, I don't need all those things. He says, but on these ones I will look. How many want God to have a more concentrated look on you? Watch this. On him who is poor and contrite of spirit. Now watch this. And he who trembles at my word. I'll look upon the contrite ones, the poor in spirit, and the one that I'm going to look on is that they tremble at my word. Watch this. What does that mean to tremble at his word? Does it mean every time you read the word you have to tremble? No. It means, watch this, we value everything God values with the same passion and fervor that God values something. I'm going to read that again. To tremble at his word is that when we read his word, we take it for face value and we value everything that comes out of that book with the same passion and fervor that the Lord values without hesitation. I want everyone to stand up. This, this is concluding my message, and I know it's not a raw, raw message, but I believe, I believe that many of us need to repent from casual Christianity. And many of us just simply need to say, God, I need the fear of the Lord greater in my life. I need in my life. Listen, I want to watch this. Please hear me. I want to once again read your word and tremble at your word. I actually want to take it literally. When it says these six things the Lord hates, and one of them is gossip, and one of them is slander. We need to start taking the, the little things that we call little and make them important to match God's word. That means marriages, how are you treating each other? How are you, listen, how is your honesty with your finances? That's part of the fear of the Lord. The reverence of the Lord is that you value everything. Listen, who does God look at? One who is contrite and one who trembles at his word. Let's pray right now. Lift up your hands. We're going to sing one song. We're going, to, we're going to worship and then we're going to dismiss. But I want you to think about this last message here. Jabez prayed, lastly, Lord, keep me away from evil that I may not cause pain. Examine if your life has caused pain in your family. Don't just blame the other person for a second. This sermon is about you. Have you caused pain to God by your actions? Have you caused pain to others by your actions? You say, well, how do I get the fear of the Lord? It's simple. Evaluate where you have been casual and simply repent today. Come on. The areas that you've been casual, Lord, right now, as we worship and sing, before we dismiss, I'm not going to have anybody here at the altar unless you want to, but I'm going to ask this to be personal. So right now, I'm going to ask you as we worship to highlight any place in your walk with God that you've been casual, in your relationships, with your bosses, with, your, with God, and many, how have our actions brought maybe pain to God and pain to others? And simply say, Lord, I don't want to do that. I repent for being casual, and I ask for that trembling of your word again. I want to have the fire of your word again. I want to read your word and darts of fire comes in my heart again. I want to read your word and literally take it I value because I value what you value. I no longer just want to operate in the love of God and then do whatever I want. I want to have a healthy fear of the Lord. That's you just right now. That's right now. Just say that in your words. I, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We mature holiness in the fear of the Lord. The angels of the Lord encamp those who fear him. And I didn't read the rest, but it says, and there shall be no want, no lack. For them that fear God. Come on, I want you to close your eyes. And we're going to worship for just a minute. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.